Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary. When I began this podcast back in 2019, I had a vision, and that was one day I would publish a book called How They Love Mary. Over my life as a writer and researcher, I have read the writings of many holy men and women and many saints, and I have discovered how they loved the Blessed Mother and they have inspired me. I'm excited to share that at the end of April, Sophia Institute Press will release the book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Marian Devotion. It features saints like St. Damien of Molokai, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Therese of Lisieux, and other unknown people like Mother Mary Francis from Roswell, New Mexico, or Father Lucas Etlin, a monk who died back in the early 1900s from Conception Abbey in Missouri. I am so excited for How They Love Mary to hit bookshelves and to get into your hands so that you might deepen your devotion to the Blessed Mother. Get How They Love Mary from Sophia Institute Press or wherever you get your Catholic books. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. When I say the word apocalypse, you might think of the Left Behind series. You might think of the end of the world. Just recently, I was in Nashville and was listening to some music of a band, and they sang the song, It's the End of the World as We Know It. And a part of me wondered, well, maybe they're not wrong. Maybe it is. You never know when this world might end. And so that's what Apocalypse is all about, is about the coming of the Lord. I came across a series of articles that were written by David Lafferty, who writes for Where Peter Is. And these articles were all about the Marian Apocalypse. He wrote a series. There are several different parts of this. And when I saw it, I wanted to speak with him. One of the things about the Marian Apocalypse, maybe we could think about, would be there are Marian apparitions that kind of have prophecies, and so perhaps that's a part of the Marian Apocalypse. There's also in Revelation 12, and Revelation is also called the Apocalypse or the Book of the Apocalypse. So you have the woman crowned with the stars who is in battle with the dragon. So again, Mary is evoked there. We read that reading from Revelation uh, on the Feast of the Assumption. So we call to mind Mary as that woman with the stars around her head. And I'm very happy now to welcome David, who's going to share with us more about the Marian Apocalypse and help us to understand what it is and maybe if we should be weary of it or what we should make of it. So thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Father, for uh, for having me on. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, so let's just first start so, out right away. Yeah. You wrote like a five-part series, I believe, on the Marian Apocalypse or Marian Apocalypticism. Why did you feel so compelled to address this topic and, of course, to do it in uh, so many parts? Well, um it's, I think I had to do it, I had to break it into parts because it's such a huge topic. 
and it's something that um, has, you know, risen up, I think, over the last four or five years, um, uh, especially with the, um, uh, you know, the, the use of, of, of social media um, and, and uh, the, the sort of, I guess you would say, the uh, at times re- revolt against, you know, Pope Francis that's been going on. Some of it um, has had a sort of backing in Marian apocalypticism. So that was where I started to, you know, look into this. It's always been something that's that I've been sort of vaguely aware of as a as a Catholic. Um, I I should say though, you know, before I I talk about you know anything to do with with the Marian apocalypse, um, that you know I'm I'm not uh, you know trying to at all um, you know you know denigrate um, you know Marian uh, devotion and um, and and even you know a kind of you know, healthy understanding of maybe the end of the world and, you know, how we can prepare for that, um, and even, you know, the, the role of, of Mary uh, in that. But what I worry about is when um, we see uh, an apocalypticism that's coming from Marian apparitions transform into uh, ideology, right? Um, and it's an ideology that sometimes stands uh, at odds, you know, with, with the magisterium, um, you know, with with the Pope, and 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 that's that's what got me thinking about this, and and it's also um, you know I think an ideology that that has some um, some very concrete political uh, roots and implications. So part of it was trying to to bring that out as well. Um, I mean, you know, personally, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm particularly fond of you know like Mary Untire of Knots as a the devotion and a painting, and and I I, I love to to pray the Rosary, and you know there's many times in my life I've you know asked Mary for for help with things that, that I couldn't you know figure out how to solve. So I, I I find you know Marian spirituality can be so healthy, and I even you know one of the things that that drew me, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a kind of revert to Catholicism, but, you know, one of the things that um, made me want to take the Church more seriously was that I um, used to visit, and, and I, I plan to visit, visit it again when I next can, uh, a place in, in, in Ontario um, uh, called uh, Greenside Farms, and it's uh, an area uh, in Marmara, Ontario, where... Um, there, there's been um, some, you know, Marian apparitions. There's a woman named Dory Tan who claimed to receive, you know, messages there. Um, and uh, so I've visited that area. I think it's a, a beautiful area. I don't put a lot of faith in the, uh, the the apparitions in particular, but I know there's something very special about this. They've got a, a large field, and then you can walk, um, do the kind of stations of the cross by walking through the woods behind the field. Very beautiful, um, you know, peaceful area with a real, you know, spiritual energy. Um, and so, you know, I've I've been attracted to that 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 sort of idea. But then, my you know my image of the world of um, Marian apparitions, you know, changed a little bit when I saw the sort of apocalyptic ideology that that can. Uh, creep into it as I, I got you know a little deeper into what's what's actually out there. Well, it's interesting so that you say you. 
it's interesting that you felt compelled to visit this one place of purported apparition and such, and that you find it to be some sort of spiritual place. And whether or not you agree with all the messages or whatever, that that place is still able to lead you into prayer. And I know probably one of the apocalyptic Marian apparitions, one could say, would be Garam Bendel. And I just did a, an episode with one of the authorities kind of on that apparition. And for whatever reason, I'm kind of like in the boat with you in that I felt very compelled to visit Garam Bendel. And so actually, I'm going there in April. Actually, when this episode releases, it'll be my last day in Garam Bendel. And I don't know what to make of the apparition, but as I've come to learn more about it over the past two years, there's just been something drawing me there. And so I just really want to check it out and discover it for myself. While I'm in Spain, I'm going to go to Agreda because I have a little devotion to the mystical city of God by Venerable Maria of Agreda. And uh, also going to visit the grave or uh, the tomb of another venerable uh, servant of God named uh, uh, Teresita Cavedo, who is the last chapter of my new book, How They Love Mary, and whose writings really touched me and uh, really uh, one of the best books about Mary and Marian devotion was her biography that I've ever encountered. So I kind of can understand what you're saying there about being drawn to something and not knowing what it's about. Uh, because that's really where I'm at uh, in terms of Garam Mandel. But as we talk about Marian apocalypticism, we'll probably talk a little bit more about apparitions, I suppose. But uh, first of all, how would you define Marian apocalypticism? Yeah, um, well, I guess, uh, well, for one thing, I should say that, you know, I I, I agree with you that, that you know, there's, um, it's interesting how these these places can sort of draw you in, right? And uh, And I think, you know, I really like to make a distinction between you know what I think is or what seems to me anyway, and and I'm you know I'm just one person, but it seem what seems to me to be a sort of you know healthy um, understanding of you know Marian apparitions and, um, and Marian devotion, and then a, maybe an, uh, maybe there's a sort of unhealthy version of this as well, right? Um, and I think they can they can both often you know exist very closely. Sometimes you know in the, in the same place and, you know, among the same people. Um, there's even, you know, certain, um, uh, you know, apparitions like the Our Lady of, of La Salade. Like, you, the, there's sort of like a, in my opinion, anyway, a, a kind of healthy interpretation of, um, of that apparition and then uh, a sort of unhealthy interpretation based on which version of uh, the... Uh, uh, the account of the the visionary you're reading. Um, so, yeah, I think it can kind of go either way. And I mean, we've seen just you know recently um, with you know the, the Pope uh, consecrating you know all humanity and especially Russia and Ukraine uh, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, he's tapping into this um, this tradition that comes from you know Fatima and um, and is a sort of Marian you know apocalyptic tradition in some ways. Um, but in a, I think he's doing it in a way that that, that fosters um, unity um, and is not um, primarily ideological, and I think that's the the big difference. So, I, I guess I would say Marian apocalypticism, as I'm talking about it, is an ideal ideologized or ideologized um, uh, version of uh, sort of end time speculation based on. Marian apparition. 
Um, so, you know, one of the, the classic uh, sources of it uh, is the, uh, you know, the, the second secret of, of Fatima, um, and especially the uh, the the idea that um, the the Holy Father should consecrate, uh, you know, Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and um, and then there will be a period of peace granted to the world, and this this whole idea, um, this I call this you know second secret uh, apocalypticism um, because it, it it became a very um, key element of anti-communist Catholicism um, in the the 20th century. Um, later on that changed and kind of morphed into, uh, after the fall of, uh, uh, you know, communism in Europe, um, it changed into more uh, sort of anti-globalist um, idea. So that's, you know, that's one source. Um, there's uh, the work of St. Louis de Montfort, which is another one, um, with his uh, treatise on the, the true devotion to the, the Blessed Virgin, or what's otherwise known as just true devotion to Mary, um, that one as well. Um, in what what's unique about the this sort of second secret apocalypticism is that it takes this idea of a period of peace promised by Our Lady um, and changes it into a like an absolute certainty about a sort of time in the future um, where uh, Christianity or you know, Catholicism will will triumph. And the world will be sort of transformed. Um, it, it has a it has the ring of um, millenarianism uh, to it, um, the, the sort of a uh, like an earthly um, uh, kingdom of, of Christ kind of idea. Um, but it's it's usually described as sort of a, a reign of Mary, and it became the I think the sort of ideological end goal of a lot of um, movements. Uh, including um, like tradition, family, and property was one um, coming from uh, South America, and then um, within the United States, you had the, the whole kind of anti-communist um, Blue Army um, movement uh, as well. Um, and it's and that sort of second secret apocalypse, apocalypticism is still is still around. And it's not that it's. Um, I, it's not the, the the speculation as to what the second second secret um, uh, actually is all about is is wrong. It's just that it's it's become it's sort of hardened into a an absolute goal. Um, and I, you know, one of the one of the things that um, you know becomes a problem is that you know a lot of people who, who believe in this with a really you know real ideological intensity. Um, they are actually anticipating, you know, a time of chastisement and battle um, and, uh, you know, war and, and famine and all kinds of persecution, right, um, that will come before this era of peace or this reign of Mary or Eucharistic reign or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so they, the, the people who are completely devoted to this ideology develop sort of, you know, they, they actually, they want to see things going wrong in the world, right? They want to see um, uh, 
things falling apart or they want to see conflict, they want to see war, they want to see famine, you know, they want to see persecution, because these are all signs uh, of the battle, the great battle that's going to come, and then the the era of peace that's going to follow. So once it becomes that ideological, then that's when it becomes, um, I think, an issue. Um, there's also, a, you know, what I would call a, a third secret, um, apocalypticism, uh, and that's, you know, the the, I guess, a, 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 an ideological movement as well, um, but based on the third secret of Fatima and the alleged sort of second part that, um, uh, that, that some people allege has, has, has never been um, made public. Um, and that is a little different in that it, it incorporates this idea that at some point there's going to be apostasy within the church, perhaps, you know, at the highest levels of the church. So this idea that, you know, we might have, um, you know, the Antichrist as Pope or something like that, or, you know, like, basically the the church itself is going to kind of rot from the inside um, all the way up to the very top. And uh, so, again, people who have that sort of ideology, they're going to be looking around for signs of that, and they're going to, I mean, many of people have, you know, who follow this kind of mentality have made the claim that, you know, Pope Francis is like that, that he's, you know, the the one who's going to, you know, he's going to be the, the apostate Pope, right? Um, and so they have an interest in finding fault with the Church and finding signs of heresy or infiltration or whatever, because it all points to this sort of hidden third secret prophecy about... Um, uh, eventual apostasy. So that's there's the kind of second secret, fat, uh, second secret apocalypticism, and then third secret apocalypticism, which is a little different. Um, but they both blend a lot of the time. They're both kind of often often found together. Uh, you've made the distinction in terms of this Marian apocalypticism in that there can be this traditional apocalypticism coming from more of the mm-hmm. traditionalist movement, and then also kind of the charismatic, that you have different other figures emerging from the other side, in a sense. And so there are two different genres, if you will, or brands of Marian apocalypticism. Is that right? Yeah, so that's that's right. Um, and this just came, you know, this is a distinction that I, I made just based on my own observation, you know, looking into this, um, into this material. And, uh, I noticed that um, you know you have your your, your sort of hardcore traditionalist um, uh, uh, apocalypticism, which is very much rooted in I would say like 19th and 20th um, kind of earlier 20th century sources maybe. Um, so you know it's going back to um, Saint Louis de Montfort and, and Fatima and uh, Our Lady of, of La Salette. Um, those are kind of the, the, the key um, pieces of it. But then you also have, you know, what I'm what I've called a sort of charismatic style um, Marian apocalypticism, which is a little different, it, and it tends to draw upon, you know, more recent Marian apparitions. So, you know, ones that, um, you know, coming from from all over the world, um, and even you know, looking at particular figures who claim to be, you know, 
receiving <laughs> messages. Someone, uh, Father uh, Michel Rodrigue in, in Canada is someone who um, they've kind of singled out as a, a real sort of prophet in this sense. Um, but there's a there's a, a website that was uh, put up. Um, you know, I think I'm trying to remember when it uh, when it started, but um, I think it was 2000 or sorry um, in 2020 um, at some point. Um, a website appeared called Countdown to the Kingdom, and this was a, a project of um, a few people: Christine Watkins, Daniel O'Connor, Mark Mallet, and uh, someone named Peter Bannister as well. And it's a very like really, I mean, exquisitely well-done website. It's uh, you know, it's got a huge amount of content. Um, and what I found was that they were taking all of these bits and pieces of this more charismatic Marian apocalypticism, or like apocalypticism in the char- charismatic mode, and putting it together um, in a really sort of concrete way. I mean, they even have a. Uh, a, a timeline there that um, that shows you know exactly what's going to happen, basically through the you know different stages of the end times based on this this collection of um, uh, ideas and you know some of the um, the ideas that they're 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 drawing upon are um, this uh, an idea of an event called the warning, um, which is basically a point in the future where um, I think uh, a sign will appear in the sky and then we will all experience, like everyone all over the world will experience a... Illumination um, of conscience? Illumination of conscience, that's it. Yeah, so we'll, like, we'll be able to see, um, you know, with clarity the consequences of our sins throughout our whole life. Um, this will be a kind of you know, last chance for humanity to, you know, uh, turn back to God, right? And um, and basically the, the people who do that, who, who actually, you know, repent and, and um, they, they will um, move forward into the future um, with uh, sort of protected if they, if they follow the, uh, the advice that's on this, you know, website. A lot of this comes from Father Michel Rodrigue as well, this idea of there'll be a time of um, uh, refuges where, where people will have to, you know, stay inside their houses because there's going to be this, you know, great chastisement, and um, uh, there will be, um, you know, people who are, are, are good Christians will have to, you know, stay at home with special candles, and their house will have to be, <laughs> you know, specially blessed or whatever. Right? I know and, people uh, like this. They'll be protected. Okay, you know. Okay, yeah. I'm not. I mean. It's uh, yeah. I, I I know that uh, it's it's very popular. Um, like it's uh, I, I know that uh, in, in my area as well. Um, there, there there are some people who are into this too. Um, and there'll be a three days three days of darkness, which is when you know the the, the faithful kind of the faithful remnant. You know, will will be protected, but the rest of the world, um, you know, is, is going to be just demolished by demons and. You know, it's going to be like a, a sort of, you know, massive global catastrophe. Um, and uh, and then afterwards, after this, you know, great, great chastisement, there's going to be um, a, a new world for um, for the, uh, the, the the remnant who have kind of lived through this. And it'll be a, a sort of, you know, what I think the word that um, 
one of them, uh, I'm just trying to think of which one it is, uh, Daniel O'Connor, I think he uses the term uh, Eucharistic rain, but it's kind of like a rain of, um, it's, it's very similar to the um, millenarian sort of idea of Christ, you know, um, ruling on earth, um, but Christ isn't actually present, it's, it's sort of a Eucharistic rain, but it, it um the way he describes it in his his own books, which I've I've looked at, uh, the way O'Connor describes it, it's you know a period where you know there's going to be um, nature will be transformed so that you know we get everything we need from nature without any kind of you know having to do any work. Um, you know we're going to have superhuman strength. We're going to have superhuman intelligence. You know we're going to. It's kind of like a sort of you know, Garden of Eden or, or paradise on earth. Um, and, you know, it'll be just all, all the bad things will, will finally be gone and, and we're going to have this beautiful period. And this is actually before the sort of second coming proper. Um, so what, you know, what kind of started to worry me about this was, was the way that, again, I don't think speculation about this is necessarily um uh, a bad thing, but when it becomes so concrete and then it gets tied up with, um, like, say, politics, like um, like on this website, the uh, Countdown to the Kingdom, they, they published, you know, Father Rodriguez's um, predictions about things that would happen and his, you know, conception of the role of Donald Trump and helping all this to happen. And um, it gets very, very much tied up in the, you know, um, the sort of political... Um, battles of our, our time. And I mean, I know enough about history to know that this kind of thing has happened before many times, right? Like we go through a period of crisis in the world and people think this could be the, you know, end of days. And I mean, people used to think Mussolini was the Antichrist. Um, you know, people used to think, you know, the, so there is there's many times in the, the awakenings that happened in the, in the United States where people were, you know, ready for the second coming and it just didn't happen. They had predicted it down to the, you know, the, the day, the hour, the minute kind of thing. And, uh, and it just didn't happen. And so I'm, I, I just, I always think we got to approach this stuff critically because we got to watch out that we're not being manipulated. And, and so that's ultimately my worry with all of this is that, you know, this, what what can be a, a sort of you know a healthy source of speculation and wonder about um, uh, Mary and about um, you know what what will happen you know in the, in the future and the end of the world and what the second coming means and all that kind of stuff um, it can become um, very manipulative very ideological if it's pinned down to you know very particular. Um, timelines and very particular political or um, uh, political events or to things like coronavirus. I mean, we had a number of people saying that uh, uh, the, the coronavirus was the, you know, the great chastisement. Um, and, you know, now it's going away. doesn't seem like that big a deal anymore. Um, you know, we're <laughs> so things things move on. At the time, it seems like it may be the end of the world, but you know things things move on, and I just, it's you know, it's, that's the way I've always approached, like say, um, you know, the Book of Revelation is you know treat it as something that's kind of mind blowing and um, you know really beyond what we're 
able to easily pin down. And I'm always wary of anyone who really claims to have this stuff pinned down. And that's and that's the same with any kind of you know Marian prophecy. It's always just you know take it with a, a grain of salt. Take it as something that's interesting to think about, but don't um, don't you know, turn it into a certainty, turn, don't turn it into an ideology that, that actually replaces in some ways, uh, you know, our, our trust in the, in the church and, and just our trust in other people, you know. It's kind of funny that as you've been talking, I make little notes about, oh, I think I want to ask about this. And then you already anticipated it. So I'm like, okay, let's okay. talk about the days of darkness. And so you <laughs> mentioned them, you know. And um, one of the things you did reference were some of these different names of individuals, and then they make prophecies. And I remember, this was maybe five, six years ago, there was a guy named Charlie Johnson who was making all of these different prophecies, and they never came true, and he always tried to explain them away and essentially he was just a fraud right and so sometimes yep. you just have to be cautious if we're going to give it all of our assent or anything like that so there's another name and i saw this name in your articles that you wrote and i'm just wondering if you could just give a brief introduction to who luisa picaretta is ah uh, yes okay i i have to admit i'm i'm not um uh you know, uh, uh, at all, um, an expert on, on Picaretta. Um, I've read, you know, about her a little bit, um, and mainly through Daniel O'Connor from the Countdown to the Kingdom website. He wrote a massive book, I believe, on 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 her um, her writings. I think, um, and she, I, as far as I, I think, she's connected with the. Um, uh, sometimes called the divine will um, yes. movement, um, and uh, again, I think this is um, a big part of this is this idea of um, a coming era of peace, right? Um, and but kind of blown up to um, <laughs> you know kind of ridiculous, um, uh, sort of exaggerated length. So um, you know, it's uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of processing her work through Daniel O'Connor, but um, a lot of it points, I, I believe anyway, um, to this this idea of a, a, a Eucharistic reign um, that will happen, you know, after um, some kind of, you know, period of, of chastisement that will, you know, involve a sort of like, it, it'd be like a paradise, paradise on earth sort of um, situation. Um, and what I think the, the what makes her work and her thinking kind of controversial is that it does seem to lean towards um, a kind of um, millenarian um, idea. So this is you know the idea that the Christ would come and reign for a thousand years on earth and um, you know we'd, we'd have this sort of you know paradise, um, like a literal reign of, of Christ on earth. Now it's um, if you talk to, if you, if you, you know, look, read anything by Daniel O'Connor, he will deny a thousand times that that, that this is what um, you know she's saying, or that, that this is what he's saying. But when you look at what he's drawn out of this, it really does. It feels a lot like millenarianism, even if it's not sort of literally on the technical level um, that that particular um, philosophy. 
So, but that's that's as much as I know. I haven't, um, you know, delved um, too deeply into into her writing, so I may um, at some point. I just bring her up because I saw her name and I know a gentleman who talks to me all the time about Luisa Picaretta and he carries around that book like it's his Bible, you know, <laughs> so he could quote her and all yes, of these things, yes. right? So, um, yeah, I, I've always been curious. I've never dabbled uh, wanting to learn any more about her. So, um, you know, I'm kind of involved in my own niche little things that I'm curious about or interested in. And so, um, you know, I guess... I guess one of the things I always take away from private revelation is if it's helping you to love God right now, well, then it seems like it's a good thing. And maybe don't become crazy. Don't get all gung-ho about it, but allow it to inform you, and hopefully it helps you to become a better Christian. Yeah, I think that's really the key. I mean, you know, I, uh, some, my, my worry, too, is, you know, if, if, it, if, if it gives you a feelings of fear more than it does of, you know, hope, and um you know love for god you know like then um then there may be a problem as well because i mean I, I look at you know there's some of these um sites that have been around for a long time i'm like uh michael matt uh, uh with the remnant um and i mean if you read anything on that on that site you'd think you know the world is just you know an absolutely horrible place most people are horrible um, you know, there's only a small number of faithful Christians who are actually, you know, decent people. And I just don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of problems in the world, I think, you know, but I also don't think it's as bad as they claim. And, and I think, you know, they're using in some, like, you know, sites like The Remnant or, you know, people like Taylor Marshall. Um, there's a few of these people who have kind of popped up as, as um, you know, figures in this, in this world um, online in particular. Um, who I think really thrive on making people terrified. Um, sure. You know, John Henry Weston as well with, with LifeSite News. Um, he's someone who I've, I've followed pretty closely. He's become more and more apocalyptic over time. Um, and, you know, if it's, if it's making you withdraw um, from society and, and sort of, you know, before you buy that cabin in the woods to, you know, hide out. I know um, people I that have say, done that. <laughs> I know. I know yes, two I know, people. I know. Uh, and like, and it, there's nothing wrong with being, um, you know, cautious. I mean, you know, things do happen. The, the world is pretty crazy right now. But um, at the same time, don't you know? You can't. We can't lose our faith in, um, in, in other people in, in, in society. Like, there, there are good people out there. Um, it's the world is. It's not, you know, everyone against the church, or it's not, you know, and and, and even when you come comes to the church itself there are, there are bad things that happen in the church there's you know there there are bad people but at the same time we can't let that sort of poison our understanding so that we think that you know the the church is going to fall apart as predicted in you know the third secret or that sort of thing you know we, we really have to I, I i actually think pope francis has been very good at um you know pointing the way here um you know with with his recent with the consecration that just happened i mean you did have a lot of um, you had some traditionalists who were, you know, nitpicking about it, saying this isn't the real cons- consecration that, you know, was yeah. called for. I just watched a video work. today on one I, of them. Yes, yeah, and, you know, I just, I, I figure, like, if it's if it's leading you into that mentality where you just can't accept anything the Church does, there's there's an issue there, and, and um, I think, uh, you know, 
Pope Francis is finding maybe the right balance with this most recent consecration. He's 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 tapping into that rich history of you know Marian apparitions um, and and Fatima in particular, but he's not becoming ideological about it. He's not you know using it as a sort of weapon. He right? believes um, in the prayer. <laughs> yes, yes, and he he's using it as a, a tool for peace. You know, that's I think that's genuinely what he wants. It's a spiritual, like he said, it's not a, a magical incantation. It's a, it, it's a spiritual act. Right. Um, yeah. and, and there's a, there's a big difference there. So, um, and yeah, I, I think that's another thing too, is when you get with, with some of this, um, uh, apocalypticism, you get down to the, the, the very, like, you know, things are, are, are very carefully prescribed how things have to go in, in terms of, you know, you get a, even with you know people who are doing the whole like refuges thing, like you have to have specially blessed candles, and yeah. um, you know, you, and if you don't, then it's not going to work. And you know, I just I don't think that it's just my feeling anyway. God doesn't operate that way. Um, it's not about you know performing exactly the right you know sort of incantation or whatever. Yeah. It's it's about like it's about you know being genuinely spiritually engaged and not worrying about the the. The, the nitpicky aspects of it. It's almost confining God to a box. It makes it very mechanical things like that. That's, yeah. So yeah. There, there's reasons to be concerned, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I, I'm down on, you know, anything to do with, um, you know, Marian uh, prophecy and, and Marian devotion. I just think it's, I've often, you know, thought of it as, the sort of wild west of the of the church, right? Like so, a lot of things in the church are very, you know, carefully prescribed and and carefully monitored, and you know, like sort of doctrinal elements and liturgy and all that kind of stuff. Um, when we get to you know Marian um, apparitions and, and prophecy, it's it's kind of a anything goes sort of situation, sure. and um, and and there's a there's a lot of really fascinating stuff and really interesting stuff out there. There's, and there's, then also there's crazy stuff out there. <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of crazy stuff, fake stuff. I think there are people who, you know, use it as a tool to kind of, you know, make money or, or gain notoriety. And um, so it's just, I guess we have to use discernment. I think that's the, uh, the main thing. And, and look to history as, as well, you know, like where to, you know, when I, when I look at, some of the, what I think is the sort of unhealthy Fatima-derived um, apocalypt- apocalypticism, you know, I'm looking at the kind of more extreme anti-communist movements who then, you know, aligned with like the kind of far right. And, um, you know, you have organizations like uh, Tradition Family Property, who I think are um, pretty extreme in their, um, yeah. in both their, their politics and their understanding of Catholicism. And I just, I see that as a, a deviation from, um, what we should be doing. Sure. Now, you've written five articles on Marian apocalypticism. I'm going to link to them in the show notes. Is there a sixth or a seventh on the way? Is there more to be uh, understood? Um, it, possibly. I'm going to have to think about it a little more. Sure. Um, I've, I think I got a lot of it out of, out of my system there, um, and uh, I really you know, delved into some of the major stuff. Um, but, of course, it's such a huge... Um, world and and you know maybe one day I'd like to write something a little more in depth on um, 
this uh, Green Sides farm in, in Marmara and uh, the messages that this woman, Dory Tan, has been receiving. Because, again, I don't think it's particularly problematic. I don't, you know, but, and, and I, but I find this um, place fascinating. And maybe that would be a good addition is to do something that's um, a little less, um, dealing with things that are a little less intense. Sure. Um, you know, and, and maybe, uh, you know, a place that um, not, not everyone knows about. My guest today on How They Love Mary, I've been speaking with uh, David Lofferty, and he has written a series of articles for Where Peter Is. Is this principally where you write online, Where Peter Is, or where can people find other writings of yours? Yeah, I, uh, I, I principally write for, for Where Peter Is. Um, I have, um, I, I'm a kind of former academic. I, uh, I have a couple of, of articles, out, um, one on conspiracy theory, so that's kind of informed, <laughs> um, you know, what, what I've been, been doing here. Um, and, and yeah, just the, the occasional, um, you know, podcast appearance or, or, or writing on a, another blog, but mainly it's what I do uh, as a sort of, um, you know, a, a bit of a, a hobby, um, sure. you know, is to, to kind of follow things that are going on in the church and, and write about them as best I can from, you know, again, informed by my academic uh, background as well. Well, I'm very grateful that you joined me today to break open this topic uh, that maybe some people, it's touched their lives in some way. Maybe maybe they're adherents of some Marian apocalypticism, or maybe they've been a little taken aback by some of their friends who have gone to some of these extremes. So thanks for, so much for explaining it so well today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope that my conversation with today's guest was one that enriched you spiritually and also helped you to foster a deeper love for the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you enjoyed this podcast, could you do me a favor? Go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast so that others might find it as a recommended podcast from other Catholic podcasts that they might listen to. And if you don't mind, share about the show on social media so that your friends and family might come to find it and be enriched by our conversations as well. And if you don't mind, you can follow me on social media at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And this show, How They Love Mary, will soon be a book available from Sophia Institute Press. You can already go over to their website and pre-order How They Love Mary. Thanks so much for listening. May God bless you today. Know of my prayers for you. And may Mary pray for you today and always.